0: This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Vollmerins comes to you from Christian Family Church International.
1: Praise the Lord, everyone! Give the Lord praise in the house! God is good! All the time, all the time, God is good! Father, into your presence we come, dear sir, to worship and to adore you. We say this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we want to thank you for our salvation. We want to thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you'll rise up big within me now, that you'll think through my mind and speak through my lips of claim. I declare I'm a servant ready to be used by the master tonight. I thank you that I will declare your word fearlessly, boldly, accurately. Carried by the wind of the Spirit, I thank you for fresh revelation. And I thank you, Father, that the word of God will go into the hearts and the minds of your people. And we are Christian Family Church, we are not hearers of the word, but Father, we doers of the word. Therefore, we have good success in life. And everybody said, Amen. And you may be seated. I want you to just get out your phones and find Bear Vormorant and Thea Vormorant on Instagram. Make sure you follow me on Instagram. Because if you follow me on Instagram, you're going to be encouraged, you're going to be motivated. You're going to laugh sometimes, cry sometimes, but you're going to be uplifted. So don't forget to follow me on Instagram, and my husband, of course, he'll build your faith up, build you up emotionally, spiritually, every which way. You'll just be a conqueror if you follow me, and more than a conqueror if you follow him. So tonight, the title of my message is Claim Your Inheritance. How many of you are ready to have a double portion of your inheritance? Glory to God. How many of you are saying, I'm not going to have, just barely get um, along anymore, but I'm going to have my full inheritance in Jesus' name? Are you ready for your full inheritance? Let's have a look at Numbers 13. And uh, verse 1, and it says, Send men to explore the land I am giving to Israel. Now, remember, family, in Exodus, when mem- uh, Moses had his burning bush experience, and God told Moses, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt, and I want to take my people out of bondage. But Moses inquired of the Lord, and he said, Lord, who should I say that sent me? So in Exodus 3.13, uh, God says, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say, What is his name? Who, what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, this is the same all powerful God who said, I am your shepherd and you shall not want. I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go. This is the same God that says, I am your father. I am your provider. I am the God who strengthens you. I am the God who wipes away your tears. I am the God who hears your prayers. I am the God who's a soon coming king. I am with you wherever you go. I'm the Alpha. I'm the Omega. I'm the omnipresent. I'm God. I'm ready to perform my word. I am the three in one. I am before the day was, I am self-sufficient, I am self-sustaining, I am the God of Israel. I am the God of Israel, and I am God, and there is no other. So God added to Moses knowledge about himself, and he showed Moses various facets of his character. And we see in Exodus 34, 6, it says, The Lord passed in front of Moses and said to him, I am the Lord, I am the Lord, I'm merciful, I'm gracious, I'm slow to anger, I'm rich with unfailing love and faithfulness. So now Moses knows God, he knows his name, he knows his character, and so he confidently chooses a leader from every tribe to explore the land. And so they went to see what the land was like, and we know they were, said, they were told, go and see what the people are like, go and see if they're strong, if they're weak, how many, are they big, or are they few, go and see what are the towns like, what's the soil like, are there trees, are there, are there cattle? And so Moses told them to go boldly into the land and bring back some samples of the crops. So Joshua and Caleb were men of influence. We could say they were influencers. They were two of the 12 influencers who were chosen to go and spy out the land for 40 days. So Moses chose influencers, people who would influence the multitude. To go and see what the land was like, so if, after exploring the the land for forty days, they returned to Moses and Aaron, and they reported to the whole community what they had seen. And this was their their report. He said, "We actually arrived in the land, and the one that you sent us to see, and it's exactly what you said. It, God said it would be. It's a magnificent." Magnificent country. It's flowing with green pastures. It's got fruit trees. They even brought back a cluster of grapes, which took two men to carry, one on either side of the pole. There were multitudes of animals. They were, including dairy cows. And the ten spies reported that all God had said about the land was true. But they gave. A negative report. They said, but the people are so strong in the land. The cities are so fortified. The walls are so high. And and moreover, when we saw the descendants of Anak there, that they were the king of the giants. And they had six fingers. And on each, that's one, two, three, five, six. On each hand and then six toes on each foot. They were humongous. They were enormous, and we were so small compared to them. So what did these influencers do? They focused on the challenges instead of focusing on the word. They focused and they were influenced by their senses, what they saw, what they felt, what they focused on, the giants, the fingers, they're huge, they're mountains, the problems are overwhelming. They focused on the challenges ahead. But here we have Jake, here we have Caleb and, and Joshua standing up for God's word and saying, wait a minute, everyone. We want to encourage you. We've got to believe the word of God. God said we can go into that Canaan's land. God said we can get our inheritance. Come on, we can do this. We can take the land. We can be more than conquerors. That's the heart of a champion. But notice this, even though, and this is what we've got to get, family, even though God has got our inheritance for us, everything that we ever dream of, they had to still go into the promised land. They had to go and take their inheritance. You see, their inheritance was like cherries on a ripe tree. But if we don't take the cherry off the tree and eat it, it will always stay on the tree. And then we cannot say to God, why haven't I got anything to eat? And God is saying, put your hand up, silly billy, and take that cherry. Take what belongs to you. They had to fight the good fight of faith. And they were willing to do it. The other men who explored the land answered and said, listen, we can't go against them because these people are so much stronger than we are. So they took their eyes off God's word and put them on the challenges. See what happens to us when we take our eyes off God's word and onto our challenges. What happens is they began to spread discouraging reports, negative reports. And you know, negativity seems to spread like wildfire. And then they were crying and weeping, snot and trana all over the place. And, and then in Numbers fourteen two it says, We wish we had died in Egypt, or even we'll die here in the wilderness. Mark Twain said, Don't walk away from negative people, run. (laughs) Don't walk away, family, from negative people, run, baby, run. Joshua and Caleb, they tore their clothes. I were so frustrated. and They said, oh, are you kidding me? The land that we explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he's going to take us in there. We're going to get everything that he has promised us. And then he says in verse 8-9, Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are helpless prey to us. The challenges we face are helpless prey to us, family. They have no protection. Why? Because the Lord is with us. But don't be afraid of the challenges because the Lord is with us. And they were saying, we've got a covenant relationship with God. God is on our side. And if you don't understand what the covenant is, get my husband's book on the blood covenant and you'll get a clue. So the whole community, the whole Christian community started talking smack and negativity about Joshua and Caleb. And isn't that just like some Christians today? They take their their eyes off the Word of God, off the promises and onto the problems off the promises and onto the problems. And when we focus on the problems, the problems get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you know, I was just remembered about a story that I I read about an Indian chief. And the Indian chief was trying to tell his grandson a life lesson. And he said, "Uh, grandson, I want to teach you about life. And he said, inside me, there are two wolves and they are fighting inside me. And the grandson said, chief granddad Tell me about the wolves inside of you. He said, there's a fight going on inside of me. The one wolf, he's kind, he's compassionate, he's a wolf of faith, and, and he, he likes to listen to God, and he wants to be kind, he wants to listen to the Word, he wants to do what is right, and he's compassionate, he's, he's wonderful. The other wolf, well, he is just rebellious, and he wants to fight all the time, and he's afraid, and he's got full of fear, and and so the little boy said, well, Daddy, I mean, Granddad, which, which wolf? wins if there's such a fight. And he says, the wolf which wins is the wolf which I feed. The wolf that wins is the wolf that I feed. We've only got two choices in life. We can feed our faith, or we can feed our fear, but we cannot feed both. But whatever we we feed, that's going to win in our lives. So fear will drive out faith, but by the same token, faith will drive out fear. Thank you, Lord. So the whole community was just being so negative that the glorious presence of God had to appear on all the Israelites. And the Lord says, how long? How long will these people reject me? Will they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs I've done among them? Now, just remember, these are the same people that came out of Egypt. They saw the plagues, but yet in Goshen, they were kept. Remember that? And then these were the same people that went through the the dry river and then the the Red Sea. The Red Sea, keep me on track, my love. (laughs) I might go a little... But anyway, went through the Red Sea, and then they went in the wilderness. These are the same people that got French bread delivered at the door every morning. The croissants with, with chocolate in them, and the muffins, they got that every morning. That Remember? delivered by Mr. Bakery, God Himself, who gave them hot, hot breakfast in the morning. It's the same God who gave them nice meat for cost for, for braai, for, you know, uh, chicken curry, or whatever you want to do, or some nice Mexican chicken, whatever you want to do, or quail. It's the same God who gave them water out of a rock to give them water, so they watered their animals, so they had seen all these miracles. How many of us have seen a miracle? I want you to brave your hand if you've seen a miracle. So we are no better than those. Because we have seen miracles. So who are we going to believe? Are we going to believe the report of the Lord? Or are we going to believe the report that is negative or doubt and fear and unbelief? No family This is the the celebration of taking what is legally ours and putting the devil under our feet and reminding him that we are in charge. And so I want to stoke the fire in your heart tonight to remind you that you are in charge. And it's time of us Christians not to be so as couch potatoes and a spineless one with a mini mouth. We're going to have a spine. We're going to get up. We're going to take charge. We're going to put up our shield of faith. And we're going to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one in Jesus' name. Do you know that God says when we don't believe His Word He feels rejected. Can you imagine that God feels rejected by His people? They said, uh, they've seen my glorious presence, my miraculous signs, I've both performed in Egypt and the wilderness, but again and again they tested me by refusing to listen. But my servant Caleb is different from all the others, because he's remained loyal to me, and I bring him out into the land, and I will bring him into the land, he explored, and listen to this, his descendants will receive their full inheritance of the land. You know, when we serve God, our children and our grandchildren are going to receive the full blessing. They're going to get health and prosperity and joy. They're going to receive the full inheritance because we are loyal to the Lord, because we do what God says we should do, and we listen to God. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked nation complain about me? So if we complain, God says we're wicked. Because this was his people. This was not unbelievers. Because they already dealt with Pharaoh. Remember, he drowned him. Not him. Who was it? His army. <laughs> Stay close, babe. I need you. <laughs> they drowned the army, but he should have been in there, right? Okay. Now tell them, as surely as I live, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. That is a major scripture in our lives. And he said, you're going to all die in the wilderness because you complained against me. The only exceptions were Caleb and Joshua. So the 10 scouts who incited the rebellion of all the negativity, listen to this, by spreading discouraging reports, look, family, they were struck dead with a plague. So negative people don't thrive. Negative people don't thrive. They hardly survive. These people died. And when you sit in the company of Christians who are so negative, I would just put my coffee down, I'd say... I'll see you some other time, I'm out of here, and I'll run, baby, run. Because you know what? You don't want to get in that trap. You do not want to have negativity come on you like a spider web. You've got to get away from negative people, because we are going to have our eyes on the Word, and we are going to believe God, and we're going to do the exploits that God has called us to do. We are going to be the Joshuas and Caleb. I told my husband, he's a Joshua, I'm Caleb. He agrees, right? (laughs) <laughs> but it says that Caleb had a different spirit inside him. Joshua and Caleb were different because they refused to allow fear to fill their how their hearts and they drove, and their faith drove out fear. So fear drives out faith, and faith drives out fear. And that's why I want you to buy this little book. Because when you read it, Faith will drive out the fear. All of us have challenges, but how we respond to challenges all depends about how much faith we have in our hearts. The only way we get faith is by hearing the Word. There's no other way of getting faith. Faith comes out hearing and hearing and hearing the Word, reading the Word and hearing the Word. And so we've got to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. I love that Caleb and Joshua were not intimidated by their circumstances. They were not overwhelmed by their problems. The giants didn't frighten them. The w- w- walled cities didn't make them shudder. They looked at their inheritance with a different lens, the eye of faith. They said, I don't care about the giants of life. I don't care about the mountains we face. Faith. I, faith I know in whom I've put my trust. And they looked at their problems promises. But you know, family, faith is not positive thinking. Faith is not optimism. Faith is not looking on the bright side of life. Faith is simply acting on what God says. That's faith. So instead of the danger, the roadblocks, and defeat, they saw potential. They saw the inheritance, and they were ready to go in and get their inheritance. So, God already told Moses that the land belonged to him and the children, so they knew that God was on their side. And my precious family, we've got to get it in our hearts that God is on our side, and he wants us to prosper in life. Caleb called not believing God rebellion. Caleb also knew that he was in covenant with God. That's why he boldly said, These people are helpless. Doesn't matter how big they are, they're helpless. They have no protection. We have a covenant relationship with Jehovah, and they see our victory. So, family, we do not need to be afraid of man because God is on our side and he's much more poor, powerful than any human being walking on this planet. Are we going to be an overcomer? That is the question that I want to ask each and every one of us today. because Caleb, had a warrior spirit inside him. He had a warrior attitude. He was bold. He was courageous. He was not going to be a doubter. He was going to believe the Lord. And I believe tonight I see in front of me Caleb and Joshua. We are believers. We conquerors. We are more than conquerors. And I believe that God is raising up a descendant of Caleb's who are going to follow the Lord wholeheartedly, who are going to go into the promised land. We're going to take what legally belongs to us, We're gonna claim our inheritance, and we're not gonna be bothered how long it takes. We're gonna get what belongs to ours. So even though through no fault of their own, Joshua and Caleb had to wait for all the complainers and negative whiners to die in the wilderness, and we wish they would just hurry up and and get over it and die already, but they took like 40 years. So Caleb's faith in God's promises did not grow weary or he did not waver. He had to wait 45 years. And some of us can't wait two years or five minutes. <laughs> we want the answer now. But Caleb patiently never allowed his faith to waver, 45 years. What a man. Caleb said, in Joshua 14, seven, I was 40, when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan, I returned and I gave from my heart a good report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people, discouraged them from entering the land, and for my part, I followed the Lord completely. So the day, that day, so that day, Moses promised me the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your special possession and that of your descendants forever. Forever. If we want to leave a legacy of faith. And a legacy for our children, our grandchildren. We must be the Joshuas and Calebs who will not allow ourselves to be wavered by every wind of doctrine. And when the challenges come and difficulty comes, then we get discouraged. Then we want to give up. Then we stop tithing. Then we go don't go to church. Then we start saying that pastor this and that leader this and that dream team at this. Come on, family. We've got to grow up. We've got to kind of suck it up. He said, which I love, I told my husband this, he said, now you can see the Lord has kept me alive and well. Listen, he's 85, he's alive and well. We've got to be fit, family. If we're going to go the distance, we've got to do some running, some walking. We've got to do some exercising. Got to go and do weights, crossfit, running, walking, anything. But baby, move, baby, move. He said, I'm strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that jersey. I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. I said to Pastor here when he's 85, don't even tell me I don't want to travel. If Caleb can travel, we can travel. (laughs) If Caleb's going, we're going. So he said, give me, and then he says to Joshua, he says, Joshua, give me the promised land. And you know what, those giants, I'm going to drive them out 85. I would like to see all the 85. Stand up. If you're 85, so if you're 80 and above, stand. I want to see you. Are there any 80s and above? Are we all just youngs? They're youngins. Okay, so when I get to 85, trust me, I'm going to be as fit and as, you're going to look at me and say, is that possible? Uh, yes. I'm going to be fit and strong and able, and I'll drive out the, de- the problems as I do today. I will in 45 years' time. Or will I be dead? <laughs> I might be dead in 45 years' time. So Joshua, blessed. Uh, so at 85, Caleb's confession never changed or wavered. Time did not steal his faith. The dream of his inheritance never fizzled or faded. His dream never turned into a nightmare. He held on to God's word with unwavering faith. And he didn't give up. And family, my message to you today, just because you haven't seen the answer to your prayer, don't give up. Hold on to the promises of God's word. His word will come through for you. Keep your dream alive. Caleb defeated the enemy of his dream by trusting the Lord wholeheartedly. Do not allow the devil to discourage your dream. Hold on to God's word. Don't think for one moment that God has abandoned you, because family, He has not abandoned you. Keep your dream alive. Keep on praising. Keep on worshiping. Stay away from negative people. Caleb was untrapped in a physical desert. He was also trapped in a spiritual desert, but the only way he could survive all the belly aching and whining and complaining of the negative brothers was to stay connected with God. He talked his dream. I, I can say, I can believe, I can see him at his dinner table, and he's talking his dream. I can see myself in the Promised Land. I can see myself taking those giants. I can see myself settling my children in the promised land. I can see myself, my children are getting married in the promised land. He kept his vision alive. Speak to your vision speak to your vision, family. Speak and keep it alive. He kept it alive. And so we should not be at all surprised when we discover that Caleb's daughter, Akshah, learned a few tips about being courageous and bold from her father and she became a mighty woman of faith. Can you imagine the discussion at the dinner table when she said, Dad, tell me, how come you didn't lose your faith? How come you didn't lose your, your hope when all the other almost three million people did and I guess he said you know what I saw the miracles honey I saw what God did for me, and I held on to His Word. I refused to be uh, filled with unbelief. I refused to let time uh, steal my faith. And he said, I just held on to God's Word. And he said, I remembered the miracles in the desert. And I guess he started passing down stories to his daughter about how God just blessed them and touched them and provided for them. And so he he, with his stories, he was making her into a woman of faith. So it's not surprising that when she grew up, she was bold and confident. But I wonder what we are ch- passing down to our children. How do they see us when we, re- when we are facing disappointments and challenges? Natalie and Candice have been so blessed to grow up in a home where their mother and father have been a uh, father and a mother of faith. And we face mountains, we still do, but they see their dad, they see their mother, we hold on to the Word of God, we praise, we confess, and we worship the Lord, and we refuse for our faith to waver. And they still see it today, and it's no wonder they've turned out to be mighty women of, of God. So after Caleb received his inheritance, he issued a challenge to all the men in the region, and he offered his daughter's hand in marriage to the first man who attack and capture the enemy stronghold of Karith Sepa. And I don't know why he actually threw that challenge like this, but I guess he wanted his daughter to marry a man of faith and courage, a man who would fight for his daughter because of everything he went through, and listen, family, he didn't want his daughter to marry a couch potato. He didn't want his daughter to marry a man who didn't have faith and courage. After all he's been through, after 45 years of waiting and holding on to God's word, do you think he wants her to marry a person with no courage, no faith, no backbone? Absolutely not. And you know, there are only two things in life. Well, two decisions, I think the two most important decisions are, number one, the day you get born again. In my opinion, the second decision is who you marry. If you have to wait for the right man, wait. If you have to wait for the right woman, wait. Because if you marry a nagging woman, you can't get away. You're going to be sitting on top of your rooftop. And if you marry a couch potato as a man, I don't know, I don't know. That must be the worst. A man with no faith, a man who just sits around, watches TV all day. It's terrible. So don't be in a hurry. Wait for the right man. Wait for the right woman, because you want to marry the right person. So don't worry if you're not married yet. The Lord has got the right one for you. So his, his nephew decided he's going to accept the challenge, and he bravely took on the pagan town. And so then after marriage, Caleb's daughter, which I love her, she came to her father and, and she um, asked her father for a field as a wedding gift. And of course he gave it to her. And then he went a step further, and he gave her a double blessing. He gave her a double portion of her inheritance. She said, since you've given me the land, will you also give me the springs of water? Now, Negev was a very dry, arid land, and so for it to be fruitful... And for her to have grow crops and and trees and luscious fruit, they needed water. So not only did she ask for the spring, but she also asked for the upper springs and the lower springs as well. So listen to this family. He gave her double portion of her blessing, double portion of her inheritance. Therefore, he assured her. Her success in life. He went above and beyond to see that his daughter was blessed. He was generous. He wanted to give her everything so she would succeed. And I want to say to you tonight, you have got a heavenly father who wants to give you a double portion of your inheritance. He wants to be generous to you. He wants to give you everything that you've ever dreamed of or or is in your heart. He wants to bless you. He wants to make sure that you will be a success. And after, the inheritance is not the problem because inheritance is there. The problem is with us going to get the inheritance which belongs to us. All we do is listen to God, obey God, speak to our problems, and then put up our shield of faith and then thank God for the extra whatever we're believing for. You might say, gosh, she had a great dad. My dad was useless. My dad wasn't even there. My dad was absent. It was AWOL. My dad wasn't there. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't hold on to that. That is a, um, what is it? That is a, when someone just holds on to something. What is that word? No, not Lot's wife. Um, <laughs> you know, they're using it as a crutch. They use it as a crutch. Or, uh, hey? Excuses. I can't get on because my dad wasn't there. I can't get on. My mother left me. So what? You've got a heavenly father. You've got a heavenly father who's going to be able to give you much more than your natural father can. And So let's not hold on to those excuses and say, well, I didn't have a mommy, I didn't have a daddy. Okay. Well, you've got a heavenly father. And you know what? He's going to take care of you. He's going to love you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to make you successful in life. So don't hold on to the past because then you're going to be sitting in the mud. The good news is that our Heavenly Father wants to give you everything. You know, family, um, my grandchildren, they just text me a picture. Nana, I want you to buy this. I found it on Amazon. I put it in your cart. Okay, that's bold. And you know, it's not even Christmas. And they ask me for stuff that should be Christmas presents. But you know, they're bold to come to Nana and Granddad because they know Nana and Granddad is going to spoil them. But we're nothing like our Heavenly Father. And if we can let our grandchildren come and say, please, can I have this in the Amazon cart? And will you buy it for me? Ship it to me. I'll put it in their address. Just press send. Then... If we can do, if our grandchildren will do that, how much more, how much more, how much more will our heavenly Father look after us, help us? Take our, receive our blessings because our God wants to bless us. He wants us to go into the promised land. He wants to take what is legally ours. The devil must know that he is under our feet. The devil must know that we have put up that shield of faith. The devil must know that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is challenging us today to be bold. And don't come to me, and if you're not a tither, I'm not even going to help you. I don't want to help you if you're a tither. you're not a tither, don't come to me. You can stay poor, naked, blind, and miserable. But if you're a tither, and you're not confident, then God is going to bless you abundantly, above and beyond your wildest imagination. Well, my wildest imagination. God is going to bless you. Look, you know, family, I want to end with a story that I read, which was amazing. First of all, Charles Spurgeon says, what great simpletons are we if we do not take possession of what has been given to us? Charles Spurgeon says, what great simpletons are we? if we do not take possession of what has been given to us. Yvonne which is my last story, has been had been sick for about two weeks. She thought she had the flu, and she didn't. She had pneumonia. Her breathing was shallow. She couldn't hear, so she collapsed, and she was taken to the Loma Linda University Medical Center, where she discovered the severity of her sickness, and she had... A pneumonia-filled lungs. She went into septic shock. And Dr. Lowe, who was treating her, told her she needed to go into a medically-induced coma so they could treat the infection. After a heart-to-heart talk with the doctor, they prayed and she was at peace and she was in a coma. Her organs began to fail and she was coded three times over the next two weeks. And her lungs failed, her heart failed, and her blood sugar was going out of control. Then Donna... The hospital chaplain rallied people to pray. And while they were praying, Yvonne was already in heaven. And she remembers she left her body in a beautiful field. The flowers were so vibrant and alive. No words could describe what it was like to be in the presence of Jesus. The love, the light, the love is all unsurmountable. It's all consuming. She just felt peace and joy and happiness. And she didn't want to come back. And then she, Jesus came and spoke to her and said, Yvonne, I've got a message that I wanna give you so that you can take it to my people on the earth. And he said, Yvonne, I tell you in my word, ask for all things large or small, but my people don't feel worthy or they think they're bothering me or they think it's too much to ask. But Jesus said, Yvonne, go back with this message. Tell them of my love. Tell them of my forgiveness. Tell them they can come to me as they are. They can repent with a sincere heart and they follow my my laws and tell my people to ask for whatever they need. Three days later, she woke up and she recovered. And she's been telling that message ever since. Wherever she goes, she tells the people, Jesus wants to give you, whatever you need. And today I'm sharing this with you. Family, let us be bold like Caleb. Let's be confident like his daughter. Let's be obedient to Jesus. Let's ask God for our inheritance nothing is too hard for him. Let us not allow Satan to steal what God has already promised us through doubt and unbelief. We are not going to be the doubters. We're not going to be the unbelievers. We're not going to be the negative ones. We're going to be the Joshuas. We're going to be the Calebs. We're going to go into the Canaan land. We're going to take our inheritance what is legally ours in Jesus' name glory to God. We are going to be that overcome. It's time for us family to push back the forces of darkness in the name of Jesus. Let every devil of hell be come down in Jesus' name. Let the strongholds come down in Jesus' name. Let's push back the forces of darkness and take what is legally ours. The promises of God will stand forever. And we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord, family. She's a preaching machine. Amen. Now, you may be seated for a moment. We're going to close here. So, just to recap what's going to happen, that was a phenomenal message. Did you enjoy that? Praise God. Praise God. All right, so just to recap, tomorrow afternoon we've got some great speakers, right? You saw them on the screen, uh, starting at 2 o'clock at praise and worship. And then the last session of the afternoon, I will be ministering. We're going to have the joy of the Lord. We're going to pray and to see, we're going to see God move by His Spirit mightily here. Uh, in the afternoon sessions. And then uh, in the evening, I'll be speaking, and I'll be doing part two of my message I did this morning, part two today, tomorrow night. Then Tuesday night is possible, Wednesday night is me, and then Thursday is possible, and Friday night is me. And I'll be doing the series all the way through to Friday. And then uh, on Wednesday, I have a special message on Wednesday afternoon, the last session. Um, On Wednesday night, last week, this week just gone, uh, I had a dream, and uh, the Lord spoke to me and gave me a message for the people, and I will be sharing that message, teaching that message from the heart of God. This Wednesday afternoon, and then on the evening I'll be preaching the message I have on the series that I'm doing right now. So we're going to have a great time. Amen. All right, are you excited? And if you heard what Pastor Greg said, I'd encourage you to take vacation, take leave. It'll be a a vacation well spent in the presence of God and come here and just get saturated with the Lord. Amen? Every day, come camp out. Just get saturated with God. Change your life. It's a life-changing experience. We've got folks that came all the way from America. I'm going to ask them to stand up. Give a big welcome, will you? Praise the Lord. Thank you. All right, every head bowed, please. Every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Theo, I want to be sure that I'm going to be going to heaven one day. I don't want to wake up and find out I missed heaven and went to hell. Can you help me? Yes, I can. Thank you, Jesus. So while heads are bowed and while eyes are closed, I'm going to pray a little prayer here this evening. And God's going to give you the confirmation in your heart that you need to know that all is well, you are forgiven, and you are going to heaven. And if that's what you desire, to know that you're forgiven and you're bound for heaven, and God is your Father, then if that's what you desire, when I pray, you need to invite God to speak to you. And then He will so before I pray I'm going to count to three and then when I count to three if you will slip your hand up that'll be the indication that you invite God to speak to you and give you that assurance in your heart tonight so you can go home a different person knowing that all is well with you and God what a great joy that is alright so I'm going to count to three now so slip your hand up I'm looking Jesus is looking anticipating you you to step up towards Him right now. Take your step toward Jesus by simply raising your hand. Are you ready? I'm counting. One, two, three. Thank you. I see those hands. I see hands everywhere raised. Here's my hand. I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Can you include me in your prayer tonight? Thank you. Now, workers are coming to place their hands on your shoulders, to let you know that we love you And Jesus loves you while I pray. Amen? Go ahead, workers. Now I invite everybody to say this little prayer with me, please. Especially all of you that raise your hands. Let's all say the prayer together. Are we ready? Let's pray. Dear God, we can do better than that. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place you punished Jesus for my sins so I can be forgiven thank you Jesus please forgive me Lord come into my heart save my life thank you Jesus I declare Jesus is my Lord and Savior and from today I'll live for Jesus with all of my heart thank you Lord for saving me accepting me forgiving me. I'm bound to, for heaven. I'm bound for heaven. God is my Father. Praise God, I'm saved. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources,